Hey guys, welcome back to the Where Do We Begin podcast. I'm Jackson. And I'm Harper. So today on the podcast, who have we got, Harper? The great woman, Alex Chidiak. This is huge. Yeah, she's. Uh, so this should be a good interview. I've met Alex a few times before. Um, really great person, very bubbly personality. Um, it'd be nice to get to know her a little bit better. Yeah, and of course, if you haven't heard the name before, current Matilda, she's only 21 and she's playing at one of the best women's clubs in the world, Atletico Madrid, which is absolutely huge. So current international superstar. Yeah. Um, not quite at the Schmeichel FC or Beans level, but uh, yeah. it's, this is massive. <laughs> Maybe so. once we come back from this, you'll get on a Beans or Schmeichel cert. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Okay, now, Jackson, this is a big guess, isn't it? Very big, very big. Massive, massive. It's our second Alex and our second Matilda, but it's our first studio guest and the first of many Atletico Madrid players. It's Alex Chidiak. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, We're good, yeah. And we hear you're the um, self-proclaimed number one fan of the show. Is that true? I am. I am. Yeah. I've been listening to the one episode that I listened to. Huge. Um, Hently, so it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, so obviously first in-studio guest with the restrictions have gone down, so we're very happy to have you here. So this is going to be just a quick, not quick, uh, little chat with you just about your life, interview, nice, very chill one compared to the ones we've been doing lately. Yeah, laid back. Perfect. Um, so yeah, tell us about growing up, um, born in Sydney but moved to Adelaide. How was that? Yeah, so I don't remember moving because I was about three months old. Um, but yeah, I think life in Adelaide was was really good. It was really chilled. Um, my parents worked pretty much full time. So my grandma looked after me with um, my uncle as well at home. And yeah, I've just been playing football ever since I can remember. So it's been uh, pretty, pretty good growing up. Big football family? Uh, yeah, my dad um, likes to claim that he was a professional. Um, <laughs> as I grew up, I, I found out that he wasn't that professional. But um, yeah, he was very much into it. My mum was more of a, a net bowler. But um, yeah, he just got straight into to kind of moulding me into being a footballer. So when did you start playing? Uh, my dad tells me straight out the womb, but I think more around the age of three. And then um, kind of got into my first club around nine. Um, it would be, but yeah, I've just been playing pretty much constantly. So first club in South Australia, Croydon Kings, was it? Yeah, Croydon Kings. Yeah, with boys. So was it a bit weird being in a team with all boys or was it all boys or what was it like? Um, I think I had, when I, my best friend at the time was in the same team as me. Oh, yeah. Um, but then as I, I got a little bit older, we kind of split up and then I was the only girl, but I looked like a boy. I had a, I was rocking a pretty cool bob cut <laughs> for most of my youth. And uh, I also like to gel it up as well for some reason. So, um, yeah, I think everyone just thought I was a boy. Um, I kind of didn't really think too much about it either, um, that I was just playing with a whole bunch of boys because I grew up playing against my brother and my dad all the time as well. So it was pretty normal to me, I guess. Yeah, I had the op- sort of opposite thing. I had really, really long hair, so I just hear over the sidelines, oh, that girl over there, she's got nice boots, <laughs> something like that. Um, so you, you were scouted to a few state teams. How did that sort of process go? Um, yeah, so I think it was – so I was actually um, – before joining a club, I was a part of an academy um, in SA. I just kind of went out because my brother was out there, um, and from that, that's when I was told, like, oh, you should go to club. 
And then from that, um, one of the other girls that was in the academy, she kind of said that she was selected to go to trials. And my mum was just like, we're just going to take you and see what happens. So it was for under 13s and um, I was nine and my other mate was nine as well. And we got into the team and that's kind of how I've been in the state system ever since really. Um, The first year there were no competitions, but I think I went to my first competition when I was 10 in Canberra. Were there um, were your junior teams some trophy winning clubs or what were they like? Um, from memory, uh, I think Croydon Kings. We won in the like so my team of the boys. I was in under fourteens um, with this particular team, and I think we won the B League, which was which was pretty cool. I was, I was happy about that. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's the only kind of trophy I remember winning, apart from the participation awards when you're younger, which I always loved. <laughs> So you were picked up by Adelaide United in 2014. How was that experience moving to like a professional side of the game? Um, it was kind of strange in a way because the the coach at the time, I think he was also the NTC coach. Um, and I wasn't, I was still in the state team at the time, but I trained a couple of times with the NTC and um, kind of knew who he was. And then I had like one season of being a bit of a train on as well. So I kind of, it's kind of like a, an easier transition because we had a lot of the girls that I kind of grew up playing with. Um, even though I was on the younger side of things, it, was, it wasn't too daunting. Um, and also, I guess at that time, Adelaide wasn't really well known for being a strong competitive side either. Um, so I didn't find it too hard, no offence. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was definitely a good level to, to get into. And we had some good interstate players and the internationals as well. So it was like a good kind of first taste and it wasn't too um, difficult, I don't think. Did I have some good level facilities or was it a big step up from Croydon? Um, I think Croydon might have been better at the time. We were out, pretty far out. Um, if anyone who knows Adelaide, we're out in Burton and they didn't have any drainage on the field. So whenever it was wet, it was just waterlogged um, and we were training there all the time. Uh, so it was very muddy. It wasn't great. Uh, I guess the locker rooms were all right. There was one toilet that worked, um, but it was clean. So that was, that was great. What you can ask for. Yeah. Um, but... No, nah, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I also kind of grew up playing state there as well. So it was all very familiar to me. It wasn't like a big, huge step up. So nine, nine appearances in your first season. Do you feel that is a good step up going into the W League? Yeah, I think I played um, like a lot of games that season with being in the state team and NTC. So I was playing two games each week consistently up until the W League season. And that's kind of when I had a little bit of a break, in a sense, I wasn't um, starting games that first season, which was completely fine. And I was in, I think that was the year that I was also with um, the under-17 national team as well. So I was kind of busy. I remember getting called back from one of the camps, actually, um, to be a part of my debut game. Um, but I don't remember too much that season, to be honest. I was just too excited. I was a scrawny little kid coming. I was like, I just want to play. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really cool experience. Were you still at school in your first years at Adelaide? From memory, yes. Uh, I didn't last too long at school. Um, I think I pulled out when I was in year 10, kind of going on to year 11. I was just kind of overwhelmed with, um, with football and school was never really my thing. I could never focus. I didn't find anything that I was really interested in. Um, it just felt more of a, a drain kind of being at school and I just didn't feel like I really fit in. So I wanted to, to kind of focus on football. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a bit, a bit difficult. So that move to Melbourne the next season, was that sort of part of the decision? Um, in a way, yes. Um, I guess I think that was around the time where I had had, I got called up for under 20s and Matildas and 17s. I was playing for all three in one year. 
um, well, it was not playing, but like kind of like training and going to competitions and it was just very hectic. I wasn't spending time at school and um, that wasn't my focus either. So I was just like, I just want to want to play. I just want to be around football as much as possible. And I guess the move to Melbourne kind of came from when um, the coach at the time, I think it was for Adelaide, um, he kind of, not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but he kind of told me that I should go because um, that, yeah, Joe Montemura was interested in me and then Joe called me up and it was kind of a very, like, quick decision. I was like, you know, I just got to go for it. It's a really good opportunity. Um, new club coming in, big club, and got to try it out. So, yeah. So Joe Montemura, as you said, coaching Arsenal at the moment, was he at that top level? Could you see something in him when you had him? Yeah, definitely. He was very good at managing um, the players as, as people as well. So I definitely felt very comfortable around him. He could push me in training and, and all the girls just felt like it was a, a real family environment. We just felt very valued by him. So I'm not surprised how well he's doing at the moment. So you made your debut for City in a 6-0 win over Sydney FC. Um, going into that from the sort of not-so-great team in Adelaide to a debuting in a 6-0 win, how was that sort of difference in the squads there? Um, it was it was pretty crazy, the difference. I mean, um, we had a team stacked with some of the best players that I've probably ever played with. I mean, you got Matildas in there and then you got Jess Fishlock and Kim Little and Jen Beattie and, like, it was insane. Um, the team was on fire the whole season and everyone was just so happy to be playing, like, a really beautiful style of football. So I think going into that, um, that training environment for me was the biggest step up that I'd been involved in um, the whole time. So... Yeah, it was it was a tough season. That was the first time I kind of was not really like going to be regularly starting or kind of had a look into that. It was more I really had to fight that season, and I think it was it turned out to be really good when I look back on it. But um, yeah, it was a really good season all up. With all those stars at City, did you guys expect to do so well and win the double in the end? I think I think we did, but also, you know, kind of thinking that and doing it is two different things completely. So I guess we started off so strong and it didn't feel like anything could stop us. So I guess as the season went on, we were just kind of focusing on um, game by game. We weren't kind of going, all right, we're going to win this whole thing. We just wanted to make sure that we did make history that first season and that was kind of the idea behind it. So going from, again, Adelaide with the waterlogged pitches <laughs> to the training facilities that the city have at their disposal. Was it just uh, really good as a footballer to have that? Yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely the first taste of like real professionalism I think I got. And I was like, oh, this is this is what it should be like. You know, every club should be following this kind of um, module, I guess, to to get the best out of their players. You know, you don't want to be worrying about your boots getting completely soaked all the way in and, and everything like that. And I mean, in saying that, all the teams are getting a lot better and more professional in Adelaide now. I mean, it's it just keeps getting better each year. So I'm really like happy for the the club in that sense. But yeah, Melbourne City's definitely, you know, you put the investment in, you're going to get reward for it. Did it feel even more special, not only going from to those new great facilities, but also the first season of the club? Yeah, no, that was definitely a special thing around it, you know, being a part of, uh, I guess, history in that sense um, with all of those opportunities that come with it as well. So I think it was um, part of the decision why I wanted to go there, like a fresh start and with all of these amazing start-started players and an experience out of home. Like I, from I think the age of 16, I always wanted to go overseas. So I was, I was ready to go somewhere else. Um, Melbourne was definitely a good stepping stone for that. 
Was it hard, the transition, moving from, I've, I've been to Adelaide before, it's yeah. not exactly the biggest city, but <laughs> moving from that sort of um, one team or two team town in the AFL or whatever, to moving to this huge Melbourne bubble? Yeah, I I, um, I came over with my mum and we stayed in the, the Hilton because my mum works at the Hilton. So we got a, like a room there for the first night that just to kind of settle me in um, before moving in, I guess. And I was just looking out of the city um, and it was, it was quite daunting. I had no idea where everything was. I mean, in Adelaide, I know the city off by heart. Um, I'm very comfortable just walking around anywhere. I, know, I just know everything. But whereas Melbourne, I'm like, this is going to take me years to understand what is going on here. Um, even now that I've been here for a little bit, I still don't get it. The trams, I don't understand. Why are you on the road? Like, have your own place. Um, so yeah, it was definitely very daunting and, um, we kind of explored a little bit in the morning and then Joe came and picked us up in a little Fiat and then drove us out to Bandura and like gave me the tour and everything. And, um, it settled me down a little bit, but yeah, very, very big city. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say you prefer uh, Melbourne or Adelaide? I'm going to say Adelaide. Like Adelaide's just the best. I love it. I love Adelaide. (laughs) Please tell me you're at least living in a good spot when you moved in here. Yeah. I mean, now I'm in a really cool spot. Um, So that's cool. Like I do get to see a different side than what I was used to. I guess I was obviously out pretty far. Um, I was also 16, so I couldn't really go exploring by myself either. It was more like, yeah, wherever the other girls were going, I guess that wasn't really my taste now that I think about it. So I guess now um, I'm in a really awesome area where there's lots of cool stuff, but still Adelaide will always win. (laughs) (laughs) And then going back to Adelaide, how did that come about? Um, So, yeah, this kind of came about, um, once again, looking back, I I, I guess it wasn't really fully my decision. I kind of, um, the, the national team coach at the time, Stadge, he basically told me if I don't get game time, then I won't be up for selection for a national team. And that was not going to happen at um, Melbourne City for the next season, I don't think. Uh, so I kind of thought, you know what, like it might not be a bad idea to go back to Adelaide and see what would happen. Um, but kind of thinking about it now, I guess that shouldn't be the right thinking because, I mean, I was so young at the time. So I, I would have liked to have, have stayed and actually kind of earned my place in that team. And um, I wish that things weren't the way that they were and I didn't kind of get treated that way in a sense. But I mean, I had a good season at Adelaide and did get called back in the squad. So good things kind of came from it, but also didn't really like the way that it came about. Um, but I was happy to be back home that season. It was a great season for us. We we won 10, I think it was 10 nil or something, 10-2 or something against Wanderers. That was the best game. Um, one of my best friends, Jada, was in goals, unfortunately for her. And I always remind her about it. <laughs> I'll tell her to listen to this podcast before this moment, like skip to this time. Um, but yeah, I, I really did enjoy that season and... I got to, um, I made like a lot of really good friends um, as well. And yeah, it was, it was a good season back home. So with that good season, you did extend your contract for the next and finishing with uh, one goal and 11 appearances, was that sort of not your better season in, in your professional career so far? Yeah, I think it was, um, it was a season I definitely struggled in because I think the big reason was we had um, an under 20s tournament kind of leading in. So the the kind of way that the under 20, like, uh, I think, what was it? World Cup qualifiers, we had a tournament right before the season started. So we didn't get to do preseason with the team at all. We went to that tournament and it was my last time with the 20s possible to qualify. Um, and going into that, I was just putting everything into that. I mean, I wanted to qualify so badly. All of the girls we had were working at it so much. It was the most that we actually got to be in camp because there was a lot more funding for that year. 
So we were pushing so hard for that and all the girls that season can agree we were all just not ourselves. Um, I definitely, like, came back and I was so upset and so was my mate Emily Condon. Like, we we put so much into that and then to get disappointed and, and just miss out on a spot and then fly back and it's like, you need to play W League, you need to be starting, you need to be at the top level. I mean, there was no kind of time to adjust. We were just like, we need a break. <laughs> we are so sad. We need to cry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I definitely did um, struggle that season, just mentally not being able to get over, I guess, that loss um, of putting so much into something, getting disappointed and then not really anyone caring when we came back. <laughs> so, yeah. And then uh, in 2017 and 18 consecutive years, winning the PFA Young Player of the Year, was that like an expected thing? Do you care too much about that? Um, it was really weird because in 2017, it was actually, I guess, my worst year for my mental health. Um, my grandma passed away and I was quite depressed. I won't go into grim details, but um, yeah, I couldn't really see myself playing that year. Um, I didn't want to, but I kind of, in a way, got forced a little bit, tried to push myself. Um, I joined a club team back in Adelaide. And the girls there really, really helped me um, to actually get through my season. And it turns out that I was just playing really well because I guess I was kind of focusing on just trying to get through. Um, And I wasn't really, yeah, worried about anything else. I was just like, I just want to go play and then go home. I mean, I was crying before every session, after every session on the drive home. So it was pretty brutal season. And then to actually get awarded for that, I was like, oh, (laughs) this is really strange. Um, So, yeah, I guess on the park it was really good, but off the park, horrendous (laughs) horrendous <laughs> so in the off seasons of the w league you would would you go to an npl team and play there would did you play in melbourne in an npl team uh no so i only ever played in adelaide so one year i came back the year i came back from melbourne city i actually played in the the div two uh league in adelaide because one of my best friends um her dad was coaching and i was a little bit like shaken up from from that season, just, you know, knowing that I had to come back to Adelaide and just kind of, I guess, the disappointment around national team things. So I think that was the World Cup year as well. Um, so I just wanted to like get back to playing. So I just played in that league and had a lot of fun and made some good friends in that team. And I was just playing football for the fun of it. And then somehow from a Div 2 team, I made the Matilda squad again, um, which was a bit bizarre. Uh, the following year that um, we got that team promoted and then... I was kind of told once again, like you need to, if you're going to stay in Adelaide, you need to be playing at like the best team in Adelaide. So then I moved to the best team in Adelaide um, and we won there. And I mean, like, luckily for me, like I had some really good people in that team, like girls that I grew up playing state with and, um, and NTC and W League as well. So it was a really good squad and, and they really helped me get through the season. But yeah, I'd only ever played for those two clubs in that time. Before that, it was with the boys or it was with the state team. So We've seen women's football explode in lots of places around the world but what do you reckon the W League can do to go that step above yeah it's a good question um (laughs) I'm not I'm not too sure um I think obviously you know I guess it helps to to bring big name players in um and but I guess it really does come down to putting more behind the girls that are that are here you know like they can't really be playing NPL most of the season and be expected to go into W League season and be at the, the best level that they can be I mean the league needs to be at least we need to play everyone twice you know it's it's really hard going into a season especially with Adelaide um we would like start to get really good mid-season and then it's too late for us to make finals um so I guess definitely 
um, making it a home and away at least a little bit longer to give us a bit of time in that sense to to get into the the league. I guess um, that would attract a lot more people overseas to come as well because, I mean, it's just such a short season. We're seeing um, the A-League going downhill a bit recently, losing sponsors all over the place. But do you reckon if we try to grow women's football, that can grow the game as a whole in the country? Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't like the whole, you know, men's football, women's football. I think it's just football. We need to just focus on growing football as a whole um, together. I mean, yeah, like the women's side is growing heaps and we've obviously got the World Cup bid going on as well. So if we get that, that will make it grow even further. But I mean, I don't think it should be so split. It should mainly be focused on like, let's just figure out a way together to make football good here, you know, the main sport. So moving on to your international career, you did start at the under 17 level and built your way up. How was that as an experience, like especially representing your country? Yeah, um, I guess the first time I I found out that I was going to a camp, I mean, there was not a lot of girls that ever got to go to camps uh, from SA especially. So there was only one one other girl that I knew about at the time. Um, But yeah, I was, I got called in when I was 13 or 14 for the under 17s. I was kind of shocked by that. Uh, And I came in and there was just, I guess, so many groups of like massive, like just people from, from Sydney, Queensland, Victoria, like big groups everywhere. And I was like by myself. Um, so (laughs) I guess I was a little bit of a loner, um, kind of going into my first few years with the team, I guess. Um, and then going, I didn't expect to, to go away with the team to world cup qualifiers straight away for the 17s. you know, these girls had been training all year round and then suddenly like I just kind of come in at right at the end and then I'm starting in the team and playing against China and like there's this one photo that I have like of that game and I am just like I'm so tiny and I'm dying like you can see that I'm so, <laughs> I look malnourished like it's like I need to eat something I'm sweating it's just I'm tiny I need to like go to the gym it's it's bad as I was I was definitely not ready for it um I I didn't expect to be there and then I kind of just I got there and I've been there kind of ever since through that. So I, I guess I grew into my own from, from that. And I've had some really, really good games with, with the national team and some amazing experiences with the 20s. I guess that was um, definitely where I felt most confident in my own football career. And I made such amazing friends through that as well. Like it's, it's great to know that I can go anywhere in Australia and we've got some friends from there and, and memories. So I guess all of that is I've got some amazing memories that I'll keep forever and connections as well. Um, did you have any idea that there were scouts in SA uh, looking out or? Um, no, uh, I'm still kind of sceptical that there is scouts that are there um, at the moment. I think it's uh, it's more that, um, I don't know, I think you have to go to the competitions. You have to do really, really well to, to stand out, to kind of get a look in from SA. I think that's one of the things that is lacking. There's a lot of focus on um, girls from, from Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane um, but not so much, you know, girls from Perth or Tassie or, or SA. I guess that's kind of how we feel like it is. I mean, I don't know if um, coaches think that way, but I've definitely had that experience where, you know, I'd be coming into a camp and then there's about 11 girls from Sydney and then some of them have are just kind of getting brought in to train on as well and get that experience. And it's like, you know, these girls in SA or or wherever would kill for an experience like this, but they're kind of just not getting a look in because we live somewhere else. Um, so I think that's definitely one thing that needs to improve all around is kind of like give everyone, I guess, an opportunity. I mean, there's there's some amazing talent everywhere in Australia and it's only going to grow if you, you kind of look out for it. 
So making your debut in 2015, coming on for, was she captain at the time, Lisa Devanna? Maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, but how was how that experience coming on for that, the legendary striker? I mean, it was, it was great coming on for Lisa. I mean, we were roommates at the time and she, she kind of took me under her wing that first um, tournament. She was like, you're rooming with me. I was like, okay, <laughs> just go take it. Um, and then we went for a walk, I think game day, and she was kind of talking through with me like, you know, you're, you'll probably come on, like just be ready. And it did like, you know, I felt, felt really calm and I really appreciate Lisa um, for that particular thing, um, that particular reason. It was really special coming on for her as well. But the uh, moment I came on in the game was kind of not great. <laughs> it was a corner and my like position defensively was like left fullback in a way. They'll just like kind of just stay out here. And then like I was against New Zealand. So like they just went on a counter. I was like I was playing like fullback for like my, my first minutes on the pitch and I didn't touch the ball. And then afterwards I'm like shaking like what happened? <laughs> like it was kind of like a terrifying experience. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was good. It was really nice. And I mean, afterwards, there was like, um, kind of a little cap ceremony, and I got given flowers. And I think I had to do some sort of speech, which was probably terrible knowing <laughs> me. Um, but no, I, I did really like that, that experience. It was just definitely like, what what just happened? It kind of flew by. <laughs> yeah, that's just insane coming on as a sub for one of the, like the legends of Australian football at 16, I'm 17 and like younger than me, (laughs) (laughs) like bloody hell. Um, But the first international goal a few years later in 2018, was that, how special was that? Yeah, um, that was, that was a really special thing for me because I kind of just been, I guess, I I got tested a lot in the lead up to that. Um, In a way, I I kind of had this idea that I wasn't actually going to be going to the Asian Cup and I wasn't really going to be a part of the squad that year. So I was meant to be getting surgery, actually. It was a bit of a funny story with how <laughs> all of it came about. But, um, yeah, I was definitely getting tested in every way possible to, to make that squad. And then I find out that I'm starting in the game, like the Perth game, the send-off game. And I was like, all right, <laughs> this is happening. Um, it definitely calmed my nerves down to to get the ball in the back of the net. It was I got a lot of, um, I guess, shit for doing it with my right foot because I don't use that very often, which I need to improve on. Um, but looking back over, it was actually offside. The crummer who crossed it in, she was offside, but I'll still take it. Um, <laughs> it's an international goal. You'll yeah, take it. I'll take it. I, uh, Might edit that bit out. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever played in Adelaide for the national team? No, um, unfortunately not. There were games, um, but... Yeah, I didn't make the squad for that one, which um, which I was pretty upset about at the time. But yeah, one day I hope to to get to put the green and gold shirt on in Adelaide. That would be really nice. So the under seventeen teams you were part of, are any of those players mainstays in the squad at the moment? In the in the, in the Matilda squad, yeah. Um, yeah. So Ellie came in my second year of that, and obviously she went straight through, yeah. um, and has been there ever since. But guess for the other ones, I can't really remember. <laughs> um, you did mention how, like, the disparity between East Coast to West Coast. Do you think the with Sam Kerr being the captain and she being from Perth, do you reckon that'll help in some sort of way? Yeah, potentially. Um, I think it's great to have, have Sammy in such a, um, you know, important role on the team and kind of showing, you know, where she came from. Um, but I guess in, in that sense as well, I mean, like you, you look at America and you've got players from, from everywhere kind of coming together. It's not just all favoured somewhere. Um, Australia, we need to like do the same thing. You need to like put 
effort into all of the places, not just kind of expect everyone to come to, to Melbourne or Sydney to, to get looked at, I guess. So, um, yeah, but I definitely think having Sammy in that role um, and other girls as well stepping up, like Steph's the um, vice captain and, and, and she's just a great person. <laughs> uh, I mean, like we've got some really, really good um, people in, in leadership roles in the team at the moment that, I don't know, maybe maybe that will kind of spread out. <laughs> Is there a particular mentor in the national team that stands out for you? Um, yeah, I guess I'm a bit biased. I mean, <laughs> uh, Ivy Lewick would be for me. Um, she's been incredible. I met her at Melbourne City for the first time. I think actually, no, I met her in Aussie camp, but then she has a terrible memory and then we met again at Melbourne City. And I, I remember like I texted her, I was like, we're going to be playing the same team together. And I never got a reply. <laughs> and then I see her in the car park and she's like, oh, hey, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> did our friendship mean nothing to you? Um, but now, now we're, we're basically sisters. Um, and she's, she's just great because I mean, she's had a lot of setbacks with the national team, but she always just goes and does her own thing. She goes and plays overseas and she has the most amazing experiences. And that's kind of what I wanted to follow. Speaking of setbacks, you've had a pretty rapid rise from your junior career up until the Matildas at 16 or 17. Um, have you had any particular massive setbacks over that time? Yeah, look, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now is, is I'm probably kind of living in it. Um, uh, I guess it will we'll go back to my first season in Spain. Um, I was contracted with the Matildas kind of going into the World Cup and then we got a new coach and I went to one camp and then after that never returned back into the team. Um, I didn't really know why and that was kind of hard to take, especially um, after going through such a a hard experience by myself in Spain for the first year. Um, so yeah, coming home and then watching the world cup. And I guess after that, then going, going back over to Spain, I was like, you know, what? like I'm just going to refocus. I'm going to have a really good season. And I, I really felt like that, you know, I was training really well. And then I got an injury and I have been injured ever since. So, uh, yeah, the past eight months I've been injured with an ankle injury that, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a, a hard one to, to get into, but, um, I'm just happy that I'm back home now and, and getting the proper treatment and kind of on the mend. So yeah, stepping back a few yeah. steps there, <laughs> the Atletico Madrid, obviously it's a huge <laughs> part of your career. Yeah. How did that all come about? Um, so it was after, um, I guess my last W League season with, with Adelaide, I just knew that, um, I needed a change. I needed to, to get out. And, um, I was speaking with Ivy Lewick and she's like, look, I've got this really great agent, get in contact with him. So I, uh, I phoned him up and he's like, you need to make sure that you're very serious about this. Like I want players at clubs for longer periods of time. Like I want them to be really committed. Um, he's like, you're very young. Like you can just stay. I was like, no, I want to go. <laughs> so we had like a really long chat and then we kind of broke it down to, to two countries, Spain and Italy. Um, he's like, we, I think that like, you know, those countries would be a really good fit for you. Um, so I was like, okay, like go have a look. I, I didn't really have any expectations and then I was also kind of getting prepared to to move to Sydney because of the future Matildas program. We also had a, a competition um, set. So I was kind of like getting ready to do that. And my agent was kind of coming back with half like offers from, from clubs. And then out of nowhere, Atletico were like, here's a pre-contract. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, so yeah, I got that and I was like, this is, this is fake. This is definitely fake. They're not interested. I have no idea why they'd be interested. Um, but yeah, like them agents like, well, you need to like make a decision. And I was like, are they serious? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, no, this is legit. They're serious. Um, 
So then I guess I was like, I knew nothing really about the club. I, I, I mean, I knew, I knew about club Atletico, but obviously everyone knows about Atletico, but I knew nothing about what I was kind of getting myself into. Um, and when I was over with the young Matildas in Indonesia, I think it was, I had to make a decision overnight and like get my passport scanned and everything. And it was literally last minute, um, the day before our, our final there. And uh, I was just like, yeah, okay, do it. And it just kind of happened. And then I came home for two weeks and I was heading to Spain. So moving over at pretty young age, was that nerve wracking being kind of all alone without your family over in a foreign country? Yeah, I don't really know how I did it looking back on it. <laughs> um, I, I think if I like knew what it was going to be like the, those first few months, it would have freaked me out completely. Um, but... I guess I'm really, really happy that I've, I've gone through that now, obviously, but that whole experience, I mean, even just flying over there, I remember I was at, um, Dubai, I think was the layover and then getting onto the plane and then everything's in Spanish. And I was like, shit, I really should have actually studied this language. Like I knew about this. I should have actually studied it. Like I bought a Spanish for dummies book. Like I had it on the book, like on the plane with me, I was going through it. I was like, I'm not going to learn this in time. Like gave myself 14 hours to learn Spanish, which was Hilarious. But um, yeah, then I got off the plane and I didn't have internet and I couldn't message the person who's going to pick me up. He just sent me like a photo of his face. I was like, how am I going to do this? So it took me an hour to find him. Um, and then I just go back to these apartments and I'm like, this is, this is where I'm living, I guess. And then my roommate was like, I'm going to live by myself. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, obviously not in English. That was in French. And then I had to go watch the first training session and I kind of rock up there and the coach didn't even know I didn't speak English. I didn't speak Spanish. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun experience. So, um, yeah, there was no one there to kind of help me out. Um, I had maybe two teammates that whole time, like one girl from Portugal and the other girl from Italy uh, being my translators. But, I mean, it was very difficult when we weren't in the same group at training. And, um, yeah, that's it. it was just a crazy experience. So were there many Australians in the Spanish League at that time? Uh, no, there was no one or and then Ivy came over actually. So Ivy signed for Levante um, shortly after I had signed for Atletico. Were you the first ever in Spain? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it was so. much extra pressure being the first ever in that country? I don't think I was really thinking about that. I was more like in survival mode. Like how do I live by myself? <laughs> like like I, I, I'm lucky that I got taught like some pretty good basic life skills, you know, how to cook and, and half clean. I mean, people don't think I can clean very well, but anyway, I have my own ways of things, so it's fine. I managed. Um, but yeah, uh, I was very lucky that I, I kind of had all of that down. Um, but I wasn't really focused on, I guess, the football side of things. I mean, I was there for football, but I was kind of like survival mode first, get through this. The football side will like settle down, but yeah. So how did Obviously, Atletico compared to anything you've done in Australia. Yeah, there's no comparison. <laughs> it was insane. Like I was watching the first session. I was like, "There is, I these people are not human. I was like, how am I meant to, to play here? I felt so uncoordinated kicking a ball with them. I'm not kidding. I was like, this is not, not going to end well. Um, my first session somehow, like I was like, I was training really well and I was really excited. And then I got into this tackle with one of the girls that was starting and she kind of like, <laughs> she got up and she freaked me out. Like, I mean, not, not anyone can see at, at home, but she went like this to me, like the, the whole eyes, like she stared me down. 
she was on the ground. It looked like I had like ended her season. And then obviously two minutes later, she was up and playing again. But uh, like since then I was terrified of her. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. In your first season there, you won the third of your Atletico Madrid's three in a row uh, titles. Was it a bit weird not being like fully involved in the core first team, but still winning the title? Yeah, I guess that was a bit weird, but I mean, I had experienced that with Melbourne City. So I wasn't, I mean, when I went there, I, was, I wasn't expecting to play at all. And I was kind of surprised with the minutes that I did get, you know, the coach kind of did trust me with, gave me a couple starts and he also would put me on for like 30 minutes, kind of nearly every game. Um, but yeah, it was a weird feeling kind of being a little bit detached from that, that core. Uh, but once again, I was kind of used to it with, with the experiences with, I guess, Matildas as well as Melbourne City. So, so yeah, how did that coach go about you not speaking Spanish and sort of building into that and playing you for so long and stuff like that? Um, yeah, look, he'd just speak Spanish to me and I'd just nod. He'd be like, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, they'd kind of have to show me actually. And we had a, the guy that picked me up from the airport, he was our, our, t- our team manager and he spoke a little bit of English. So he was kind of just like, midfield I was like okay (laughs) um but it was honestly mainly like if it wasn't for like my Portuguese teammate Dolores and the Italian one Elena I would be screwed that whole season absolutely done has your Spanish improved at all since yes a lot better a lot better I I kept when I came home from that um the first season and I knew I was signing for another two years like I was like, I need to do an intense Spanish course. So um, I'm actually like going to be finishing that next Thursday. I've got my assessment. So hopefully I've picked up enough and studied enough. Um, but yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, did it help getting the English teammate Tony Duggan the next season? Yeah, no, I mean, the next season, this, this season has been incredible. I mean, we've had Surrey who speaks English, um, Tony, my roommate Kylie, um, and then we had a Mexican, Charlene. Um, we just had like a lot of internationals that came in and they all spoke English as well. So it was just definitely a different feel this year. And obviously like we got our new uh, training complex to ourselves as well. So we were kind of getting treated like really, really, really well. We got given cars, like all these things were happening. And also the staff, um, they kind of hired a physio that spoke English as well. So it was like a lot more help the next season, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but yeah, I definitely let my roommate Kylie know how good she, she has it this season now. I mean, especially having me, I am the best roommate. She can <laughs> vouch for that. <laughs> how is this season? Obviously you haven't been playing too much because of the ankle, yeah. but how is it all with the coronavirus and getting called off early? Yeah, it was really bizarre. I guess we weren't having our best season in general. I think there was a few difficulties with the team gelling. Um, I guess having like... this big group of internationals come in and then the core group of the Spanish girls, I guess there wasn't a lot of cohesion. Um, And I don't know, we had um, a lot of different coaches as well. So our coach got, uh, I think he got fired uh, two games into the season and we got a new coach and then he got fired and then we got another coach. So I got this other coach who's never seen me play. I guess the other one didn't see me play either. Um, but yeah, it was just a very kind of chop and change season anyway. And we weren't, we we're, were getting through games. We weren't playing well though. And we were kind of just scraping through, somehow made it to the Champions League quarterfinal. So I guess that's the one thing that we're hoping for. And then, yeah, coronavirus hit. And <laughs> good old coronavirus. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah. Um, what I want to know, so I've, I'm a Barcelona supporter, so I, I also follow the women's team. 
a few of the Athletic's best players moved over to Barcelona. How did that affect the squad and and sort of like the best player, Jenny Hermoso, moved moved over? Obviously, that's goals right there. Yeah. Losing from your team, how did that affect you guys? Yeah, it was definitely a big loss. I mean, Jenny is one of the best players that I've ever seen. Um, I could not get the ball off her during training. I tried so hard. I think it was one time and I genuinely, like, I celebrated when I got home. <laughs> I, I, I told all my friends about it. I was like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> I am improving rapidly. <laughs> um, but she she was, I mean, looking back on it now, like, she kind of brought everything together for us. Like, we have really great players, but, I mean, she's just, you put her on the field and she will make an, an impact um, instantly. And you, you saw that for Barcelona this season. Like, they were clinical. I mean... Watching them against us, we're like, wow, we like, we need that player, you know. Um, so it was a big loss, but gaining Tony, I mean, she had a bit of unlucky, like, well, she was a bit unlucky with um, injuries uh, throughout the season as well. But when she was playing, I mean, she was on fire. So, is there any anger at all about the season getting called off early instead of maybe postponed because you guys were nine points off the top, but there were a few games left, so maybe there's a chance for the title? Um, I mean. Look, being selfish, <laughs> uh, for me, I guess I'm not too upset about it just because I knew I was going to miss the season anyway. I'm, I'm upset for the girls, but I guess in saying that as well, like I think everyone was a little bit frustrated with this season and we kind of needed something to, to change. I mean, obviously not a, a world pandemic, but <laughs> um, in a way, I guess it's kind of like a blessing in disguise for the the way that the season was was going for us when we got like knocked out of the league as well um it was just uh, it was a bit a bit of a mess um but yeah so Barcelona were given the title how's your feelings on that um yeah I mean it, it is strange and I guess like I think that they would feel strange as well but I mean kind of watching from the sidelines you know, they dominated the season and I think they do fully deserve it um but I guess if, if our team had a little bit more time, a little bit more consistency with a coach, a bit more time altogether, you know, we, we did have a lot of injuries as well just with starting players too and heaps of chopping and changing. And um, I think if we had more time together, then maybe we would have been a lot more competitive. Um, but, but yeah, like they, they do fully deserve it. So, Was there a big rivalry there seeing as you, you two teams are the bigger teams in the league? Yeah, it's a huge rivalry. Um, <laughs> every time we play against them. I mean, our, our stands would be packed. And, you know, we had that game last season at Wanda, which was 65,000 people there. And that was that was crazy. But, I mean, you know, like they were true supporters. It wasn't like they were there. Like, they had to pay for their, their tickets to come into the stadium and, like, they were screaming the whole game. And it was great. And I, I guess that's the same thing when we go over there. Um, they, they have fans there that are very passionate as well. So it's like whenever those two teams play, everyone comes and watches. Did you get minutes in that big crowd game? Uh, no, I was on the bench for that. Um, I guess just the atmosphere of that though was, was pretty amazing. I just wanted to make the squad. That was kind of my goal when I made the squad and I was like, sweet. I was kind of, I think I would have been pretty terrified if I went on. <laughs> um, but I did get to come on against Barcelona my first season. Um, yeah, I did. I played like 20 minutes against them and that was pretty crazy. Like playing, playing there where I think the men's team train at that field as well and just there's a lot of history in that area and I was like, wow, this is this is crazy. <laughs> so you obviously mentioned the Champions League. Uh, how is that? Like, is it is it just an, an extra level up? Yeah, Champions League is a definitely an extra level up. I mean, you're playing against the best of the best of, of each country. So 
Um, there is a lot of, there's a lot of talent in all of the teams there and it is a really, really good level. Um, I mean, you've got the powerhouses like Leon and, and Wolfsburg that you kind of like those are the ones to beat. But I mean, you know, you have Chelsea coming through and Arsenal that are, that are really kind of pushing for that as well. And I guess Atletico, like we had hopes, Atleti and Barca, you know, like the Barca made it all the way to the final last year. So it's like very competitive now, whereas before, I guess it was more dominated, um, by two teams in particular. So yeah, it's it's definitely a step up, and I'd I'd love to get some minutes in a Champions League game. I've been on the bench for a couple, so I'm kind of itching to to get out there and play Champions League one day. But it's it's just really cool, like hearing the anthem, like seeing the logo. I'm like, oh, this is childhood dream stuff. <laughs> yeah, Leon um, Leon are pretty amazing. I just happened to be in Budapest when that final was on, ugh. and being a Barcelona fan, I was like, I have to go to this. Yeah, but just Leon were a step above. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. I've got an audio grab on my phone, so I just. Set that because it's not working through there. So, I went <laughs> uh, so speaking of Chelsea, we've got this audio grab, which we'll play, hopefully. So I went for Chelsea FC um, and Didier Drogba was my favourite player. I do want to play overseas, so I do want to play for Chelsea FC, ladies. That would be one of my top goals as well. Chelsea still a big ambition? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been a Chelsea supporter since I can kind of remember, I think, Actually, you know what? I think I was eight years old when I was like, this is it. This is my team forever. Um, and yeah, a, a nice obsession with Drogba as well. So um, yeah, I, I would love to to go play in England. I mean, for me, playing in Spain, playing in Italy and playing in England are kind of my top three that I want to definitely do in my lifetime. And I'm kind of lucky that, you know, I got a pretty good team, pretty good first team in Spain and had a really good experience there. Um, learn a lot and all of that. But yeah, um, to, to play for Chelsea would be the ultimate, I reckon. Yeah, just get Sammy to put in a good word for yeah. you now. Yeah, like Sammy, please. <laughs> Do you reckon there's more of a chance of you going there because of Sam Kerr being there? Um, I'm not sure. It's really hard. I mean, that team is is full of quality. Um, I think I, I would like to have a season where I really kind of earn my place there. Um, it'd be nice. I mean, obviously coming into Atletico, I was kind of like not – I didn't really feel like I – deserved a place there to be honest once I got there I was like these girls are a class above um even the girls in in the B squad like they could have that probably would have been a good a better level for me I think so I think um now what I'm trying to focus on is is really feeling like I, I earned my spot in a team and the next club that I do go to I want to make sure that I'm like you know getting regular minutes and actually feeling really a part of the club and and then yeah who knows if if I do really really well then maybe a club like Chelsea want to pick me up but We'll just, we'll just leave that to the side for now. Um, Chelsea, if you're listening, uh, please. <laughs> they, are, they are big fans. <laughs> big shout-out to Roman Abramovich. You're listening from Russia. <laughs> so um, so the, the training facilities, obviously you mentioned getting new ones. Was it those new ones specifically tailored to you guys? Yeah, so we got our own stadium, um, our own lockers and everything, and everything was decked out beautifully. Um, and then we got given all Hyundai cars as well really cool red ones um, that I still can't, I cannot see. Like I need a little booster seat when, <laughs> when I'm driving it. And yeah, driving was a fun experience as well. But um, yeah, pretty much that whole complex was like the main stadium was for us. And then the rest of it was kind of for the, the women's and the, the younger teams. Um, so they got some synthetic pitches and stuff on the side. And I did a bit of coaching with like one of the youngest teams there. Um, but it's just, a, it's a really, really good complex. Is there a big setup for women's football there? So from juniors all the way up? Yeah, it's huge. I think there's about 20 women's teams um, and they do put a lot 
into the the women's teams as well. So uh, there's a lot of care. The coaches, they're really, really quality and they're planning every session. I mean, um, my, the, the person that I was coaching with, um, who I roomed with my first year, um, she would just sit down and just plan everything so perfectly. And these girls are eight years old. I'm like, whoa, (laughs) Uh, they're definitely doing things right there. They, they've got an amazing system in place for the girls to, to really grow through the ranks, go each year. I mean, these girls are playing against boys that are, that are older than, than them in, in the Spanish league. And it's like, it's really impressive. How much of a shock is it playing in Spain where everyone loves football, but whereas in Australia, it's more like a second tier sport, I guess. Yeah, I think I feel like I, I kind of fit in in Spain, you know, like I'm just like, oh, these are my people, like this is awesome, staying up late to watch football, like it's it's really cool. Um, it is definitely different than than Australia, but um, in saying that, I mean, Australia gets gets really passionate about, about things as well. I mean, we've been getting around the K-League, it's been on. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, like there's, it's definitely, you know, more like football is kind of religion there. Um, whereas here, I guess it's more AFL. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still growing here. I still see it growing in Australia. Have you chosen a K-League team? Yes. I, what are they, what are they called? I don't want to say it wrong. Um, I think it's Gangju. Are they a team? Uh, <laughs> I could have a look. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Harper's oh, a big K-League I'm a big, fan. I'm a big Suwon fan myself. Okay. They're, they're Gwangju. I've, I think Gwangju, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I know Terry Antonis is at Suwon. Yeah. Yeah. Victory legend, yeah. Um, what about you, Jackson? You got a K-League team? Not yet. I, I'm still sussing out. I'm still vibing. Yeah. I just, I like, I just want to watch. It's like the Premier League. <laughs> I don't have a team. I just watch the league. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Bundesliga? Have you been watching that? No, I haven't actually been able to watch the Bundesliga yet. Mm. I don't know why that's not happened. I need to get onto that. Funnily enough, I do have a Bundesliga team, though. Big uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf oh. fan. Ooh. Mainly because I played against them when I was like 12. Played against Ooh. their under 12s. It was, it was very funny. We lost 13 nil. It was great. It's oh, a good experience. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was fantastic. They were all like six foot when I yeah. was like, like, I was like year seven. It was fucking, it was crazy. So about the same height as you are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, just um, I remember playing in Germany against them. And I think I, I um, because they all know a little bit of English because yeah. they learn it in school. I think. I was saying to one of my defenders, I'll oh, pick up the big guy. And this guy was like seven foot. And the guy, just, and then the kid just goes, ha ha, big guy. <laughs> just, like, they just loved it. Well, are you purely football fan or into Aussie rules or anything else? Nah, I'd say I'm purely football fan yep. for sure. Yeah. Getting away from football a bit, uh, we hear you're part of Common Goal, the charity. Can you tell us about what that entails? Um, so basically common goal, um, what they do is, so there's a whole bunch of charities that are kind of involved under like this little umbrella and they're all connected. And, um, what players can do is they can pledge 1% of their salary and then kind of pick where it goes. So you can kind of do it to the the common goal fund where they will kind of put it out themselves. Um, or you can go and pick your own charity and then, um, kind of pledge it, pledge it to them. So, yeah. Did you volunteer yourself for that or did someone recommend it? Um, so I actually met one of the people that work there uh, when, while I was doing this speech at Wanda that I kind of got railed into by some of the people at Atletico. It was very strange. I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what the speech was about. Um, but I was on a panel of people and then I guess afterwards he, he kind of picked me out and started speaking English and I was like, yes. Um, and he told me about it and 
I kind of knew about it because Juan Mata is one of my favorite players. So I knew that he had started something, but I didn't really look into it. And then once it was explained to me, I was like, I am down for that. That's happening. So we spoke a little bit more and then I kind of decided where I wanted to, to put my money. Um, and, and yeah, just been doing it for, this is my second year now. And you recruited Ivy for yes. that as well? Yes, I did recruit Ivy. Um, yeah, she didn't know much about it. She's um, kind of, yeah, she's in her own world sometimes. So <laughs> I was like, Ivy, come, like, we're going to have a little meeting. And yeah, I mean, she's the kind of person that would jump straight at that as well. So yeah, I got her on the phone with the guy the next day and then that was all organized. So at Atletico, did you, being a professional now, did you have to do a lot of media stuff for the club? Um, well, there were like, some people tried to, to interview me more, more so from kind of English speaking background. So I had Optus reach out from, from England to try and do an interview with me. So that was in the lead up to the World Cup. So I did an interview with them, but it was more in English. I mean, I'd get messages kind of daily from people in, um, in Spain speaking Spanish to me through Instagram, asking for interviews and asking for video messages. And I'm like, guys, I have no idea what's going on. And like, even now I can read them and I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> this is so random. <laughs> Obviously the coronavirus pandemic is going on at the moment. You're one of the people who had to quarantine sort of twice. So how was that sort of experience? Oh, it was the best experience <laughs> of my life. Let's go back to that. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up. Um, Yeah, so obviously the first time was in Spain um, and we were kind of, I was in lockdown three weeks straight, just not leaving the apartment for anything other than the shop that was unfortunately right next door to us. Like, (laughs) you're not kidding. Like you walk, it's it's just there. Um, So we didn't get to go very far. Um, But yeah, so going from that and then finding out that if I did go home, it was like another two weeks straight up. I was like, oh, do I want to do this? <laughs> um, and and yeah, so then obviously made the decision to come back, went straight into quarantine at the Park Royal Hotel. Uh, shout out to them. They uh, <laughs> they did take care of me. It was very nice. Um, but yeah, look, that was a, it was tough. It was definitely tough not having a window and fresh air and trying to do exercises, getting disgustingly sweaty um and then also not having a lot of clothes either and we didn't really get to do washing unless we wanted to pay for it and I wasn't that savvy at like washing my own clothes I kind of washed them one time and it turned out that they they it was disgusting it was worse than when I, when I first did it so I kind of had like all this like little corner of like stuff that I was like that has coronavirus on it 100 <laughs> percent um yeah I mean it in a way it went by kind of quickly because you're like in a box, kind of doing the same stuff day in, day out. Um, but whenever they'd knock on my door for food, it was very exciting. It was like a dog coming to the door <laughs> to like meet its owners. Like I'd opened it up, I'd try to open up really quickly so I could see another person. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was exciting. It was a invigorating experience, but yeah, I wouldn't do it again. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't recommend it. If you have to do it, if you're doing it right now, you're listening to the podcast in there. I mean, good luck, make the most out of it. Um, yeah, make a pillow for it. Like that's kind of what I tried to do. I made some, I moved the, I moved the room around completely. Like I did a whole bunch of random stuff. I was in there for Easter. There was an Easter egg hunt at one point. It got weird in there. <laughs> what, what's your fitness regime over here? Um, so it's kind of been a little bit random because like being injured, it's kind of like half um, rehab stuff, also half stuff to just keep me sane a little bit. So right now, like I'm, I'm doing some stuff with a guy from Mike, uh, a guy called uh, Mike from Elite Training and Sports Medicine, and 
he's been doing some one-on-one stuff with me and it's been really, really amazing. And my ankle's starting to feel a lot better. And I've also been seeing a physio and that stuff's great. So he's given me more exercises to do at home. And then I started boxing. So I'm getting my anger out, um, just <laughs> getting all of that out. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of trying to do stuff every day apart from Sundays. Sundays is like do nothing whatsoever, just eat everything. Um, so that's kind of what's been happening. Uh, but it's a, it's a good it's it's a good lifestyle. I like it. You saying Tiger King or oh series yeah of choice? yeah so Tiger King happened when I was in Spain throughout that that little period of time and my roomie and I like we also got into a show called The Circle and then obviously Love Is Blind which is huge everywhere um, so yeah Tiger King was fun that was yeah that I still, was I still haven't I I don't want to really? get into it. I I don't know I just don't want to bother with it <laughs> yeah well I know Alex is our number one fan I think. Joe Exotic might be number two, maybe top three yeah. at least. I reckon yeah. Bree's second. Yeah, a friend of friend of Alex and friend of the show. Yep. Um, but yeah, and then maybe Joe Exotic three. Listening yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the jail over there in Alabama, is it? I don't know. Something Look, like that. he's probably got some like iPhone six that he yeah. can download this on, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. all good. Yeah, yeah, all good. We're Big good. shout out to you, Joe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> should we get started on the quiz? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, here we go. It's our famous segment. It's what everyone tunes in for. Uh, fresh from my first ever win. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I think it was the first ever. Yeah. Or did you bring Bree Davey? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I think you might come close. But um, anyway, so at the end of the show, uh, we like to do, you know this. I know this. <laughs> I, I, I listened to the quiz today, so I was yeah. kind of like, okay, what are they going to ask me? And I was, I was like, what weird things? <laughs> <laughs> the Simon Hill one, that, that's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, it was definitely, it took him by surprise, yeah. definitely. Um, but yeah, a one nil yeah. win there, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I think this one's a bit more conventional. So uh, question one, your name's your buzzer. Uh, so we've got five questions. Question one, John Cosmina, he played for the Croydon Kings. Uh, they were then called Polonia Adelaide in his junior days uh, until 1976 uh, when he was 20. And then two years later, he signed for a current Premier League team. Can you tell me the team? He's the only Australian that's ever played for this team. He barely got minutes. Uh-huh. Jackson? Jackson. Aston Villa? Aston Villa is not correct. Pressure's on here. Yeah, this is. I don't know your Croydon Kings history. No, I do not know. My, I mean, like some of it, um, <laughs> but definitely not this. Um, look, let's. Is it is a big team, small team? Oh, let let's go with uh, Arsenal. <laughs> 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 Arsenal is correct. Whipped that one out of nowhere. Yeah, like, I, I called a friend, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that's one deal, Alex. Uh, yes. Uh, second question: uh, Your old team, uh, Melbourne City, Jamie McLaren signed for them in January 2019. Where does Jamie rank on the Melbourne City all-time top scorer charts in all competitions? Jackson. Jackson. Let's go fourth. Fourth is not correct. Fifth. Fifth's not correct either. Uh, it's second. Oh. Really? And he's only been there for a year and a bit. He's wow. got 29 in 34. Whoa. Fornaroli first. Fornaroli first with 57 in 83. Oh, well, I guess he's been in the strike for most of their, like, city existence. Yeah, uh, until he went over to Perth. Uh, <laughs> uh, question three. So no one got that, did they? So it's still one year, Alex. Uh, question three. Atletico Madrid's women's team has the nickname Las Colchoneras. What does this mean in English? Oh, man. 
I really should know this. <laughs> oh. Sure, you know a bit of Spanish, surely, Jackson. Uh, like, not that. You don't know that? <laughs> um, I, sh- I should know more. This um, is one of the first words you learn, I think. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, maybe, don't think about that. Oh. Do we get a hint? Yeah, I'll give you a hint. I don't think either of you are very close. It's something to do with a bedroom. Ah, oh, that's that's not ringing any bells. Yeah. <laughs> Just an item. Oh, that's all right, the, in... the bedside table. <laughs> <laughs> the bedside tables, Atletico Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this name's just as weird. So maybe it's a it's an item that's in almost everyone's bedroom. Like oh. it's a key part, essential. Oh no! Now you. If you're gonna have a bedroom, you probably got to have this thing. A bed. No. It's you're on the right track. Right, the mattress. The mattresses. The what? What? <laughs> As Lady Co Madrid, uh, Las Colchoneras, the mattresses. Is, uh, why? Yeah, is there any theory no. behind that? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, ask whoever edited that Wikipedia page, maybe. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Um, am I going to give her that point? So yeah, I'll give it to her. I just kept guessing. I yeah. not even yeah. say my name. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 okay, I'll give it to her. This is I'll how I do her. quizzes. Like. Two, two nils to Alex. <laughs> Question four. Closest to the pin. What was the crowd at that uh, 17th of March 2019 game between Atletico Madrid and Barcelona at the Wanda Metropolitano? Jackson. Oh, why did I not say my name? <laughs> uh, 65017. 65017. Oh. 65018. <laughs> <laughs> it's 60,739. Jackson snagged it. It's 2-1 to Alex. But you could come back into it. It's the who am I question. Uh, so we're going to go down from five points with the first clue all the way down to one point uh, with the last clue. So just buzz in. And once you've buzzed in, you can't buzz in again. Until the other person gets it wrong, which is pretty likely considering our form so far today. Yeah, this is not great. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I was born on the 15th of January, 1981 in Miami, Florida. Same birthday as you, Alex. Yeah, I wasn't born that long ago. Yeah, well, same. Celebrate yeah, yeah. on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, do you want me to move on? That, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's- Look, as much as I know that day, it's like I'm not ringing the bell. <laughs> yeah. Question four. Uh, for four points, sorry. I'm a rapper, singer, songwriter, and record producer, and I've been active uh, in these fields since 2001. Jackson. Jackson. Is it Flowrider? It's not Flowrider. Oh, that would have been cool. That, that, that would have been so cool. So you could just park the bus here, Alex, and hold on for the win. But for three points, uh, my first album was called M-I-A-M-I, uh, and I've recorded 11 studio albums in total. And I've also been part of the making of an official FIFA World Cup theme. Oh, is it Pitbull? Uh, let's go to the man himself. I've got a little audio grab here. Mr. Worldwide. It's correct. It's Pitbull. <laughs> yes, my man. <laughs> the great man. The great man. Uh, <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Otherwise known as Armando Christian Perez. So another big oh, shout-out to Armando. Lots so of shout-outs on this Wow, podcast. that is a good yeah. one. Yeah. Oh. That is, do you know anyone who shares your birthday, anyone famous? Oh, um, 
don't know. <laughs> I know. I know that Christian Eriksen says shares my birthday. Christian Eriksen, yeah. yeah. Um, might have a look actually. Might be some good podcasting. Uh, <laughs> I think there were a few famous ones on your birthday, Alex. When I was looking on the yeah, famous look, birthday like, website, that's, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I was yeah. Born, it just kind good, of good day to on. be born. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. A great day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fond memories. Anyone else on your birthday, Jackson? No, I, I'm born on Valentine's Day, so I think a lot more people get conceived on that day, not uh, not yeah. born. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, we've got a few. We've got um, Alton John. No way. Alton John, uh, he's 73, so March 25th, 47, <laughs> 1947, and Aretha Franklin as well. Uh, that's that's two big that's names. Not bad. Not that's bad. not bad. Yeah, you don't have Mr. Worldwide though. Like, no, yeah. that's, that's you don't know what. That is true. <laughs> big fan of Mr. Worldwide. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, just poetic. Yeah, yeah. On, the, really. on the pre-game playlist, <laughs> like, obviously. Yeah. Every time, yeah. <laughs> he is the pre-game playlist. He is. That, it's just his album. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I listen to. That's it. Yes. <laughs> and she <laughs> didn't even know she sh- he shared the birthday with her. So yeah. like. Now it's just extra. Yeah, ole ole, the World Cup game. <laughs> it goes hard. All right, I think that's all we have time for. So thank you again, Alex, for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. And we're back and we're still joined by Alex. But yeah. we're just gonna she doesn't get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Once she's in, she's just <laughs> that big of a fan, so she has to stay. Um, so, again, we're going to do this normal outro that we normally do. So what's the topic today, Harper? Are we going with bedroom items? I reckon we go with bedroom <laughs> items. It's the best thing I've ever been a part of. <laughs> Alex says she has a few rippers, so I think you've got to get us started off. Yeah, so I've got um, five stuffed animals that, that, are, five. That, that travel with me everywhere. So every bedroom that I have ever been in, which is quite a lot, to be honest, in my, in my short life. But, um, yeah, they're, they're kind of staples in there that travel with me every time. Um, I've also got, like, I think 11 Lego people that travel with me as well, um, which are – you know, good bedroom items. I have tea bags for emergency teas during the night, if, if anything. Do you have a kettle ready as well? <laughs> no, so I don't have the kettle. Um, it's, it's just, you know, if I have to run out of the house, I just need to make sure that I have these essential items with me. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the normal stuff, the boring stuff like pillows and, and the mattress and <laughs> I guess that, that kind of thing. What about you guys? What do you have? Don't mind a bed frame. Big fan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, bedside table mentioned earlier. Uh, yep. What have I what, got? A dartboard in my room. That uh, that was yeah. We were yeah. playing darts before this. Yeah. Um, I've I've got a stuffed animal as well. A little giraffe that I've had since I was born. Uh-huh. That my auntie's sister gave to me. So yeah. I've just kept on to that. Um, I have like two boxes worth of football shirts because I collect them for some odd reason. Nice. What um, are some of your favourites? I've got the Nigeria World Cup one. Ooh. I was very happy to get that one. That one, like that one, so that cool. one sold out. I missed out on the current Matildas one, Ooh. so Same. I need to find a way to get that. <laughs> Have you got all your kits over here, Alex? <laughs> um, yeah. So I all my kits are kind of um, baggaged up in Adelaide, kind of in storage. But um, right before coming over to Spain. Uh, the second time I um, donated them to another kind of football charity that I'm involved with um, and just kind of gave them out to all the kids there because, I mean, they were just sitting there. I was not really going to get any use out of them. So I kept the ones that kind of mean something to me. But, yeah, all the other ones, a whole bunch of kids have them at the moment. Do you collect from other players or just got your own? Um, I've got one shirt from, from Ivy Lewick. I've got one from Elena, my Italian teammate. Um, I'd like to get one off of Sari um, as well. But, yeah, I think I'm just going to get... Maybe I might might have a little 
hoarding session go on one time. How about anything else? Uh, what else? <laughs> well, with all this uh, isolation schooling going on at the moment, got their whole desk plan sorted with their webcam on the computer, got their laptop and the laptop. Oh, so you actually gone. got one because they've been sold out for ages. The laptops? No, oh. webcam. Oh, well, it's like part of the laptop. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actual webcams have been sold out for ages because yeah. I work in a, at an electronic store mm. and just customers come in very angry when they can't get webcams. Yeah. <laughs> um, my desk is pretty packed at the moment with all my books from school because I took them all home at the end of school. Uh, what else have I got? Uh, got oh, I've got the football table. I don't that, think we've had a go that's on big. that. Whoa, yeah, that's a yeah. big thing you missed out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a whole bunch of little people in your room. Like. <laughs> oh, speaking of little people, I've got a little container of these Lego minifigures I've got. I nice. used to collect them ages ago. I've probably got 50 in there. Yeah, I haven't had a look at them for ages. I've got, I've got all the yeah. – used to collect the Star Wars minifigures. Had – Got Darth Vader, maybe? Don't mind a bit of that? Yep, yeah. Nice. Uh, what about you? Anything else, Jackson? Not really. Just all my uh, futsal boots. I probably have about four or five pairs in, in my room alone, uh, not not to mention the garage. But, um, yeah, just anything from my old teams. I think I have, like, boxes of just old stuff from all the teams that I've joined over the years because uh, uh, anyone listening from futsalers, I am a bit of a snake, so uh, <laughs> I like to move teams a fair bit. Um, but nothing else I can really think of the top of my head that's that interesting. Alex, anything else? Um, look, I'm sure there is. Uh, <laughs> off the top of my head, um, I can't really think. I mean, there's a lot of books, a lot of books that I write in um, and I guess some that I read as well. Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, my my bedroom at home is full of just Lego over the years. There's honestly like thousands of dollars worth of Lego. <laughs> um, I took out all of my trophies I kind of like put them into storage and then took all of my Lego out and just like made little home scenarios for all of them. And yeah, that's, that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I think that's probably the best way to end that off. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure if you're with us on social media, we're at WDWB pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, tag us and tell us your favorite bedroom items. We'd love to know. Oh, if, uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, if you have a stuffed teddy or a, Nice, comfy pillow. Or a foosball like a foosball, foosball table, table like Harper yeah. has. A bit with the broken goal so it can't really be used. But ah, it's, it's, it's a piece. Yeah. It's a centerpiece yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decor. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. That's right. it. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Cool. Cheers. See ya.